Welcome to the Choose You Netcast. This is Jim Langlois with the word from Joshua 2415. Choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's my prayer that this netcast will encourage and cheer you on as we join forces to draw the line in the sand, defending our faith and our households in the resurrection power of Jesus. Join me each weekday as we dig deeply into God's amazing word and bring up the rich treasures of his blessings. Are you ready? Choose you this day. Whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. I said, choose you this day, whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. Good morning, NetWorld, and thank you for tuning in. You ready to get into the Word? Well, we're going to continue in our family, or what I call the family Bible revolution. Second title would be How to Have Family Worship. And we will be studying the five essentials for the family Bible revolution, which are family worship, authority, appointed and anointed, generational, and church worship. We've been establishing the foundation and reading scriptures about the greatest evangelist in the world, Abraham himself. And let's continue where we left off yesterday. I'm going to start in Psalm 78, verses 1 through 8, about family worship at home. It's about the father's and the parent's responsibility to raise the children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. They're really, truly the only ones appointed and anointed by the Lord to do the work. Oh, we know that other people can help, but the most appointed and most anointed people are, of course, the father and the mother of their children. Psalm 78, 1 through 8 says, Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I'll open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We'll not hide them from their children, telling to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he has done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children. What was the characteristic of Abraham that he had that convinced the Lord to warn him about the coming destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah? It was the characteristic that he would command his children and household to keep the way of the Lord. You and I are part of the great and mighty nation, the descendants of Abraham, maybe not by blood, but by faith. Abraham is the greatest evangelist in the history of all mankind. And as I said yesterday, he did not do it by large evangelistic meetings or a worldwide TV ministry. He did it in his household. And are we facing Sodom today? Do we want to reach the world for Jesus? Do we want people to be ready and prepared for his coming like Abraham? Well, I suggest we start with the household. Psalm 78, verse 5 again. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children. Verse 6, that the generation to come might know them, the children who would be born, that they may arise and declare them to their children. Verse 7, that they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, 
but keep his commandments, and may not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that did not set its heart aright, and whose spirit was not faithful to God. Boy, does that not sound like today? Do we not have a problem of some of our youth and young people and young adults leaving the church? Do we not have fathers who are not stepping up to the plate and raising their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord? We're speaking of a law in Israel. Yes, a law that the fathers would make the praises, the strength, and the wonderful works of God known to their children. God is a father, and he's looking for his representatives, for those who would represent him according to his word, those who will show his righteousness, his love, his compassion, and even his judgment. The word father, linked with the Hebrew word bayit, or household, also represents the head of the household. Not every household is a traditional family, therefore the head of the household could be a single. Not every family has a father present, therefore the head of the household may be the mother, a grandparent, a relative, or even a guardian such as a foster or adoptive parent. In all of these cases, the key is the head of the household, or bayit. Another term could be the master of the house. This word household is very important. It includes a blood-related family and anyone who is visiting, staying, or working within the household. When God explained why Abraham was so important, he stated it was because he would command his children and his household in the ways of the Lord. This is what I call God's appointed and anointed plan for effective world evangelism and discipleship. Let's read it again. Genesis eighteen nineteen, For I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household, there's the Hebrew word bayat, after him, that they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice, that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. Another key here is the word known. Is God saying he knew Abraham would do this? As usual, there is more here than meets the eye. This word known is the Hebrew word yada, Y-A-D-A. It has two sides, meaning both to know and to choose. In other words, for I have known him, and therefore I have chosen him in order that. Let's listen to it again. Genesis eighteen nineteen, in the English Standard Version says, For I have chosen him that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice, so that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has promised him. Why did God choose Abraham? Because he knew Abraham would be faithful in obedience. He knew Abraham would obey. God knew he could depend on him. Another great example of this, knew and chose, is with the Apostle Paul. In 1 Timothy 1.12, it says, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has enabled me, because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. If you remember, God did not ask Paul to serve him. He blinded him, threw him off his horse, and rebuked him. But God also knew what Paul's response would be. Acts 9.3-6 says, As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? 
And then the Lord said, I'm Jesus whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. There's a scripture that says it well. Matthew chapter 20 verse 16 says, So the last will be first and the first last, for many are called but few chosen. Why is it that many are called but few chosen? Because many who are called will not be obedient and faithful. You see, both Abraham and Paul were called, but both Abraham and Paul were also chosen because God knew they would be obedient and faithful. Remember the law of Israel to the fathers? Here it is, Deuteronomy eleven eighteen through 21. Therefore you shall lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul, and bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall teach them to your children, speaking of them when you sit in your house, that's the Hebrew word bayit, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. And you shall write them on the doorpost of your house, bayit again, and on your gates, that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give them, like the days of the heavens above the earth. I believe instead of first going to church, we need to be first going to home, or bay it. Where does the light of the world begin? It begins in the house. Matthew five fourteen through 16 says, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Verse 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. We do not live in historical Bible times anymore. Our neighborhoods are different. We do not live in open city life. Now we have to design specific outreaches to gather people to preach. We have closed neighborhoods where people rarely know the people who live next door or across the street. Kids no longer play outside and their friends normally live in another neighborhood far away. With age segregation everywhere, in school, in church, in sports, in gender, and in activities that do not include families as a group, how would we possibly use our homes as a place to publicly proclaim the gospel? I like what a friend minister, Doug McMurray, said to me. He said, could it be that in the end times we need to return to the beginning? Yes, from the field of the crusade to the field of the family. What will it take? Obedience and faithfulness to the call of family. The Baker Encyclopedia of the Bible in this word household says this, Persons who live in the same place and compose a family or extended family. In biblical times, a household would include father, mothers, children, grandparents, servants, concubines, and sojourners. Jacob's household included 66 people, not counting the wives of his sons, in Genesis 46:26, Households were seen as corporately responsible for the honor of their family. Male members of the entire household were circumcised as a sign of the covenant in Genesis 17:23. In the New Testament, some entire households were baptized as in Acts chapter 11 verse 14. 
Scott Brown says, The kind of father that the Bible describes is hardly seen anymore. We need a new kind of father. But it turns out, the new kind of father we need is the fatherhood of old that originated in God the Father. God has revealed in his word what this kind of father looks like. Are we not also called? If so, would God also choose us? If we have been unfaithful in the past, can we repent and change our ways? Can we return to the Lord and reestablish family worship in our homes? Or is it too late? I believe it's never too late if we still have the opportunity to decide. If you are alive and hearing this, the opportunity for you still exists. As a matter of fact, both the prophets of Malachi and John the Baptist may have prophesied about you. And our time is up, so we'll start here tomorrow on the prophet Malachi and John the Baptist. That's all the time we have today, so I look forward to being with you in my next netcast. Mark your calendar, set your clock, and tune in next time as we continue in establishing the family Bible revolution through family worship in our homes. I call you blessed. You have been listening to the Choose You Netcast with Jim Langlois. If you have enjoyed this program, you can find out more about Jim Langlois Ministries on the Master's House website at tmhnow.org. That's tmhnow.org. On the media tab, you can listen to many more messages, subscribe to my daily devotional emails, and follow the link to my blog site. If you'd like to write me or become a financial partner with this ministry, my address is The Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. That's The Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. Online donations can also be made at tmhnow.org, and my email address is pastorjim at tmhnow.org. This is Jim Langlois saying be blessed, you and your whole household. Until next time. Choose you this day, but that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house.